1: The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world, by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. Well, if it seems like we are still fighting to keep our democratic republic, as Ben Franklin challenged, proven necessary by a second attack on the Capitol building and loss of life, in our non-state capital city of Washington, DC, even as President Biden has certainly accelerated vaccinations to save Americans from the global pandemic and COVID-19 as SARS-CoV-2. But sometimes our news media focuses so much on two or three headlines, we don't get updates on other noteworthy current events like climate change or a renewed urgency to suppress election voting in 40 states and it's not just happening in the South. The Center for Common Ground is a non-partisan 501 organization based in Virginia that serves voters of color in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, and many other states. Since late 2017, its Reclaim Our Vote campaign has reached and empowered millions of voters of color. Common Ground's national partners include Mi Familia Vota, Black Voters Matter, Rapid Resist, Commit to Canvas, National Voter Corps, The Dem Labs, UU The Vote, Religious Action Center of Reform Judaism, The Workers Circle, American Ethical Union, National Coalition of 100 Black Women, Vote Riders, United Church of Christ and Vote Equality. And by the way, policing is a gatekeeper to the criminal justice system. And as the co-founder of the CenterForCommonGround.org, Andrea Miller has never stopped keeping voters focused on the issues that affect their daily lives. She consistently advocates for fair voting practices, reclaiming our vote, and organizing for justice. So, welcome back to The Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program, Andrea Miller. How are you today?
0: Well, I am great, Martello. It is always, always a pleasure to join you. May I add an update to your introduction? Please do. 47 states have introduced voter suppression legislation.
1: 47. Wow.
0: 47 and some of the states as you said are very very surprising new hampshire considered or continued their war on student voting having a bill that said students would not be able to use their student ID cards for voting ID nor would students be able to use their campus address as their address of record. Mm. Now the campus address bill the legislatures said, oh, this isn't even worth pursuing. So they're not moving forward with this one. And then all the way on the other side of the country, the Pacific Northwest, Washington State, yes. where we always think of Washington State as very progressive. It didn't go anywhere, but it didn't stop them from introducing it. They introduced a bill that would end vote by mail and replace it with only in-person voting and anybody who has relatives in Washington state knows well pretty much everybody votes by mail
1: yes I'm glad you added that because um, I mentioned a lot of states and plan to anyway to ask you about a lot but I hadn't included Washington state or New Hampshire so thank you so much it just uh, go most ahead.
0: People don't think
1: of those states. I know. With the words voter suppression, you don't
0: automatically add New Hampshire and Washington
1: State. Yes. Getting back to why I asked you—not that you were taking us off subject by any means, but rather embellishing something we needed to know and I needed to know—I thought of inviting you, and you know why, because of the Zoom the other night, and but years after I was in public school history classes first as a student, of course, and then later as a teacher, I found out that Paul Revere was not the only rider on horseback warning Americans, Minutemen, that the British were coming. Instead, there were a number of riders, and not all of them were men. Right, at, at exactly. six. That's right. Yes. At, at six <laughs> yeah. At 16, Sybil Ludington rode 40 miles, as twice as far as Paul Revere, to warn the colonists at Danbury, Connecticut, that the British were coming. So, one of the many reasons I invited Andrea Miller to return to the Reasonable Voices program today is for similar reasons of that. For election advocacy updates, of course, but also as a reminder that there are more people beyond sound bites and headlines who nonviolently fight to preserve, protect, and defend America from all enemies of our democratic republic, foreign, and most of all, domestic. Our reasonable voice today, Andrea Miller, is absolutely one of those true patriots. And recently I learned that she is one of eight women of color who, like Sybil Luddington, you may not have heard of, who actually flipped Georgia's national representation in that state's last two elections, in November 2020 and January 2021. So to start with... Andrea, I know from you, thank you, that Sandy Radoff is the co-director of your internship program, Students for Justice. Can you yes. tell us a bit about your Students for Justice program?
0: Students for Justice program is designed to give students a taste of working personally to fight voter suppression. So they take Classes during the day, filmmaking, marketing, some political classes, and then they write postcards to voters for voter registration or get out the vote for hey pledge to vote. Whatever kind of campaigns we're doing, they also did texting. And in January, and actually in 2021, some of our graduates from our fall class are now in a new cohort where they've been assigned to our local partners to help them with filmmaking and planning their campaigns from a marketing perspective and a social media perspective. So the students studied, learned, and now they are going back to communities to help them get the same information
1: i'm glad i asked that question because i don't think we've spoken specifically about them before the students for justice program and i, I just wanted to make certain i asked you today especially giving the theme that i want people to become aware of, of all the people who are out there fighting for our privilege to vote for, for everybody you know, it's not like uh, it's not like you just want women of color to vote or people of color to vote. You want everyone, want exactly, yeah. to vote. Exactly, okay.
0: exactly, yes.
1: Now, I know you don't like talking about yourself, but could you tell us a, a bit of something about the, the women's organizations that were represented in that Thursday Zoom celebration of the success of you and seven other women of color in Georgia? and elections in other targeted states i mean how do you coordinate that's why i listed all of those partner organizations because i haven't before because there's so many but how do you coordinate your mutual political causes advocacy and activism with so many so many people who who must be pretty much focused on their specific goals yes or or how do you bring well, them together
0: well what we do is we have really 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 powerful digital infrastructure so when you think of most organizations their phone banking maybe there's three or four people that work on phone banking back in the day I was building everything myself. I wrote the scripts, I set them up in NGP Van, I trained people to use NGP Van. Now our phone bank team has 30 people on it, including two attorneys. So we have people who research the information that's going in our phone bank. We of course have our fabulous phone bank leader, Gabe, who then builds the phone banks, we have people who go in and track what our phone bankers are saying i talked to the voter and the voters found this confusing maybe we need to say this another way everybody is called in a phone bank where the people making the calls hear from the people they're calling what i didn't understand that or that was strange and you normally go back to the campaign and normally you know, a month later, it's still exactly the same way it was. That isn't true with us. People go back and say voters weren't really sure about this. And normally, within 30, 45 minutes, we will get that thing changed because we are all about the voters. Hmm. We are not about candidates. We are not about political parties. We are all about Voters and for us, everything that we say to voters must be clear so that voters will be able to take the actions that they need to
1: take. Okay. I just wonder what was the recent, I mean, share with us because this is for the voters too. I mean, it really is. What was the recent Central Park poster event for you, and how significant was the location choice? being at the first monument of real people in central park and as you know i i lived in new york for twenty five years i was in central i walked through central park from east to west and west to east at least once a week and i of course had seen the alice in wonderland monument it never occurred to me that there was not a statue for real women tell us about that and about the poster event and about you and the and, and Well, tell us about that. That's enough of this question. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. All, all right. All right. Well, Sandy, of course, had been a long-time Reclaim Our Vote volunteer, and then when... Sandy and Claire co-founded Students for Justice, they kind of went into hyperdrive. So they knew about the postcard campaigns to Georgia, and they knew about all the phone banking and the tax banking to Georgia. And they also knew that we were working in an area in Georgia, the rural black felt where most organizations were not working most organizations big ones small ones that were working in georgia concentrated on the city of atlanta Hmm. well as anybody who really understands the numbers in elections will tell you in most states the elections are lost in the rural areas. Hmm. Because even though there aren't that many voters in the rural areas compared to urban areas like Atlanta, when you look at the numbers in rural areas, and this was very true in Virginia Hmm. until a few years ago, namely when I started working on elections here, you would see the losses in rural areas 80-20, 70-30. So all the great votes you got in the urban areas, you ended up having those countered in the rural areas. So when we look at Georgia and we look in Virginia, while it's true, a lot of those rural areas, we didn't win, but we didn't lose them by 70, 30, or even 60, 40. Hmm. We brought those numbers closer.
1: Now, how did you, and actually this this is one of those questions I want to save for the second segment, so I'm going to resist the temptation right now and get back to, does the Women's Rights Pioneers Monument in Central Park depicting New Yorker suffragettes a truth Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton remain controversial, and if so, why?
0: Well, number one, it shouldn't be controversial, but remember, in those days, we did not see a lot of white women and black women working together for anything. Mm. And also remember back in those days, women, white women, black women, it really didn't matter, did not have an ability to vote. I'm not even going to talk about right to vote because we all know the only people with a right to vote were rich white men. Everybody else kind of got nobility gradually through constitutional amendment well in those days they hadn't yet amended the constitution making it possible for women to vote in all states now in some western states women did have the ability to vote that was the only way that men could attract women to go out in the wilderness hey (laughs) if you come out here uh you vote, you can can actually vote out here. And that's what brought some women out to Montana and Wyoming and states like that. Women always had the ability to vote before they became a state. Women in those states had to give up their ability to vote in order for those states to become states. So anyway, when we look at the time of period in history that we were in, it was a controversial idea that Sojourner Truth would have been working with these white women. The Deltas, when they had that grand march in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. there was talk do we let the black women even march with us? And there was finally a sort of decision that they just kind of stepped in and marched at the back of the line. Mm -hmm. So yes, in its day, it was a very controversial thought. Number one, women trying to be political was a controversial thought. Mm. White women and black women working together, trying to be political, was almost mind-blowing.
1: And you know, I'm the other night in the Zoom celebration, I was asked to say something about Andrea Miller and how she's, your opinion, your your reaction to what she does. And I said, I never, ever regret a question I ask Andrea, because I know not only will she take it further than my question, but she will give it historical roots, and it will be in-depth, and it will be spoken in a way that all of us can understand and learn from. I just wanted to say that I really appreciate you and what you're doing. During the second segment, what I do want to talk about is more specifically who these women of color were, the eight, including Andrea Miller, and some of those things that that are going on and and what they are doing and what they are accomplishing on behalf of all voters. So stay with us. We're with Andrea Miller, the co-founder of centerforcommonground.org. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. For the Matthew Shepard Foundation and the Tectonic Theater Project, here now is the song Love is love, composed for the Erase Hate campaign by Andy Hollander and Dana Parrish. Love is love, sung by Dana Parrish. We take the stage, erase the hate, for you and for me. From Charlottesville to Laramie. When freedom ain't free The hurt and the pain They both stay for so long Welcome back to The Reasonable Voice's News Talk radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, The Reasonable Voice, and our guest, our Reasonable Voice guest today is Andrea Miller, the co-founder of the centerforcommonground.org. We have had quite a conversation, as always, with Andrea. I don't need an excuse to invite Andrea to come back on the show, but she is always doing something, so if I needed an excuse, I have plenty of them. Plenty evidence, I should say, for uh, justifying my calling her and asking her to return. So much has been happening lately. What we don't know are many of the names and faces and organizations that have been, and I wouldn't even say behind the scenes, that's that's not an accurate. They're not as well known as because of the way media covers events but they're not behind the scenes they're on the front lines they're in the trenches they're the they're the grass roots we keep hearing everybody talk about and the other night i was invited to a surprise celebration and congratulatory message from a number of organizations who were, wanted to thank Andrea Miller in particular, but also the other seven women of color who had been so actively involved in Flipping Georgia. But it isn't just Georgia, especially not with Andrea Miller. So Andrea, talk to us about, and again, I know you don't want to talk about yourself, so you don't have to talk about the Zoom the other night where everyone had wonderful things to say about you, but tell us about the people, you and others that were being celebrated for what you do and who they are and, who they work with and how it just goes on and on and on. Most of us think when the voting is over, you know, we go home, but you guys don't go home. Tell us all of it.
0: Well, I'm going to start with a woman by the name of Latasha Brown. Now. LaTosha Brown is the co-founder of Black Voters Matter with Cliff Albright. I've worked with Black Voters Matter since 2018. I was at a meeting, and Cliff and I discovered that we had both been working in Alabama uh, during the 2017 special election. Hmm. Cliff had been working with people on the ground, and we had been running phone into Alabama. And so we kind of hooked up, and then periodically I see Latasha. What a lot of people don't know is Latasha is an incredible, incredible jazz singer, in addition to all the work she does in support of black voters hmm. throughout the South and in communities that aren't Southern, but have very, very large black populations, like Cleveland, like Detroit, like Philadelphia, like Milwaukee. So that's LaTonsha. Then there is Helen Butler. Helen Butler, I've known Helen Butler through her work at the people's agenda the georgia people's agenda it's an organization that has been a staple around georgia Mm. for a very large time so it's an old line group in georgia they give rides to the polls they've been around for close to Thirty years so that's Alan Butler now some of the other younger women that I don't really know that well but I know of them Melanie Campbell from the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation and she's the convener of the Black Women's Round Table so These women work in Georgia, and I'm thinking most of them are members of the Georgia State Voices table. And then Sammy Ufo, who is heading up the new Georgia project. So that's one of the newer groups. It's a newer, it's a younger group. And so the New Georgia Project was working with us out in Macon, Georgia, where a lot of the other groups were really focused very, very much on the city of Atlanta. Now, the city of Atlanta is actually... Five counties that pretty much form the city of Atlanta so we're talking about a couple million voters Mm. as I said we concentrated along with New Georgia Project out in rural Georgia out in the black belt and then we were out there with
1: Black Voters Matter as well excellent Do you, you know, to every action there's a reaction. I wonder, do you think your recent victories, the eight women of color and everyone else who has been working toward trying to get America finally on the right track, do you think that the sudden resurgence, it's not a new thing, it's always been there, do you think what happened in Georgia and in other places in the 2020 election is now getting a backlash that that's what this shall I call it a red scare in states that regarding equal voting opportunities and if not equal voting privileges is is that why suddenly Georgia and other governors just just are coming after the the privilege to vote, making it more difficult for people of color?
0: Well, um, it. The state legislatures. So, as I said, 47 states have introduced legislation. Texas, Georgia, Arizona have been three states that are sort of the winner for the greatest number of bills introduced. Mm. Georgia started introducing bills literally almost the first day of session, and we, through our own banking calling voters in Georgia who had voted absentee, and giving them the opportunity, literally patching their calls directly through to their legislators. We sent 45,000 emails against all this voter suppression legislation. We made more than 30,000 phone calls. It wasn't enough to totally stop the legislation, but it was enough to make them not try to end no excuse vote by mail. Mm. Georgia has had no excuse vote by mail since 2005. It's not new down there, Mm. but that didn't stop them from introducing a bill where they were going to say, oh, you're only going to be able to vote by mail if you have one of the approved excuses. They got so much pushback from that, they had to give that up. Mm. They were also going to eliminate weekend voting. They got so much pushback from that, Mm. that they limited it. They weren't able to get rid of it, but they limited it. So the calls, the emails, the tweets, all of those things made a difference. In Arizona, The legislature is still in session, and we are still fighting them attempting to throw people off the permanent early voting list, otherwise known as Pevel. 2.3 million voters in Arizona are over the age of 60, and they're trying to say, if you miss two federal elections... One election, can't stand any of the candidates that are running. My protest is going to be I'm not going to vote. Hmm. Next election, you're sick, and you end up not being able to vote. And now they want to take people off. The permanent early voting list. The bill that's before the legislature could result in up to 200,000 people being removed from the permanent early voting list. They would still have the ability to vote, but they would not automatically get their ballot in the mail for every election where they were Entitled to vote in that election. So we're seeing these very devious, underhanded things that the legislature is trying to do. They are going after practices and procedures that have existed for years, sometimes decades, and now they're trying to su- somehow suggest that because so many voters availed themselves to it, that it must somehow be voter fraud. Yes.
1: Yes as you were speaking it just reminded me of when the governor of virginia closed all uh, virginia schools in a couple of counties so it wouldn't have to integrate and so the the, that's right and so throwing it out there hurting everybody because you wanted to make certain you hurt certain people of certain color and now uh, it's the same. Right. It's it's what they're doing again. And as we both said, and not just in the south, but the same thing. Mostly, of course, I'm sure, as we read and hear, that this is targeting people of color primarily. But the point that governors and state legislatures will throw anybody under the bus just so they can limit the votes of people of color. It just, I, I, you know, I don't even. There's no justification for it anyway. But when you're just willing to sacrifice everybody, what, what, how do you respond to that? What do you say, uh, Andrea? Uh,
0: Well, all right, I'm going to give a couple of 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 examples so that you can look at how ridiculous this is. Now, this is in 2020. The state of Texas allows drop boxes. So, what does Governor Abbott do? Governor Abbott announces that every county in Texas is allowed to have one, count them, one Dropbox per county.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: One, one, only one. Now, Georgia said, all right, people really hated that. So, what we're going to do is we're going to say, all right, all right, we're not going to eliminate Dropboxes. But, the Dropboxes have to be in government buildings and they can only be open when early, oh, they have to be in government buildings and they have to be located in locations where there's early voting and they can only be available while early voting is going on. (laughs) Well, why don't you just say you're going to eliminate them and tell
1: people to go in early vote? Yes. It's like, what? What? Well,
0: and then Georgia, they have out suppressed everybody. And I know this one is going to come back and get them. Mm. In Georgia, they have made it illegal, as in it is a crime mm. to give food and water to people, food and beverage to people
1: standing in line waiting to vote. I know. I heard that and I couldn't believe it. And I know a couple of people like Chris Christie uh, have tried to soft pedal that and said, well, uh, if you're a pole worker, you can give them food and whatever. But I, I mean, he just, I don't know if you saw... Um, on yeah, Stephanopoulos on Sunday. Yes, yes. Yeah. And former governor, Chris Christie, you know, going on and on and on. Well, look at all the different opportunities. If you have all these ways that people can vote, they're also all opportunities for people to commit fraud. And I'm going, you know, is that it? Is that the best you have? But uh,
0: Right, right. It's like, OK, let me get this straight. <laughs> We've got voters standing in line and I'm walking up and down the line and I'm giving them a free bottle of water. How does that translate into voter fraud? Yeah, I know. In the bottle of water voting? I, I don't know. I don't understand. What?
1: You know, I there's so many I, I I'm hesitant to give airtime to, but you know, governors like Brian Camp, that's Georgia, of course, and Ron DeSantis, Florida. For that matter, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, you yep, know. Yep, um, yep. DC, Abbott,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I um well, we know. We, they've been identified. We won't talk about them. I was enjoying hearing all that you had to say about all the organizations, and, and particularly uh, many of the the eight women, including you, who have done so much to to really keep the privilege of voting alive for everybody in between elections, not just coming into an election, but in between yes. elections. It's just ongoing for years, yes. and most of us, yes. unfortunately, have been unaware of it, and we need to be. But finally before we have to go and and I'm not rushing you take your time what are your thoughts regarding corporations like the MLB and Coca-cola and Delta is it too little too late or are we are we progressing well, forward uh, trying to correct um, the, yeah? its
0: it's definitely too little considering their power we need these corporations to say if you voted for any of these bills, You're not getting another dime from us Mm -hmm. until this legislation is gone. Mm -hmm. If you sponsored any of these bills, we want our damn money back. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. We demand a refund. We did not send you and support you going to the state house so that you could open us up to a possible boycott by the people who buy our products. Yes. So if you voted for it, you're not getting any money until we see your name on something that overturns this nonsense. If you sponsored it, not only are you not getting any money in the future, we want our damn money back.
1: So, and I'm not being facetious here, but that you <laughs> mentioned this so clearly, is there something that common ground and and the other organizations with which you work are you approaching that argument with the corporations asking um, that of them will well, you be our-
0: Our partners, the Atlanta NAACP, they have done a phenomenal job, and a lot of the other local partners are working on that. We tend to get a little more direct and fight the legislation. We've got phone banks going right now in Arizona. We're calling voters in Arizona. We are telling on their senators and their representatives, and we are asking voters to call your legislator and tell them to vote no on these really, really, really bad bills. We are looking at getting ready to start doing the same thing in Texas because Texas has equally bad legislation, kind of equivalent to the legislation they have in Georgia. Texas is not nearly as open-minded about voting as Georgia was. So in Texas, only people 65 years and older were allowed to vote by mail. In Georgia, since 2005, everybody that wanted to vote by mail could vote by mail. So we kind of like a more direct approach that more people can take. But I am loving, loving and very, very definitely support what our partners at the Atlanta NAACP and many of the other groups that are in Georgia, what they have. These corporations that are based in Georgia, they have a lot of power. It is often donations from the corporations themselves, their employees that are funding the campaigns of these folks that are legislating to suppress the vote. And I am going to grab a moment of personal privilege and say, But look at us now. While the United States does not currently have a Voting Rights Act that protects voters, Virginia passed a Voting Rights Act this year that basically says, if you are even thinking about basically trying to suppress or make it harder for people to vote based on their race, their spoken language, their country of religious beliefs, don't even go there. The Attorney General of Virginia will be on you so fast it will make you dizzy. Virginia has 45 days of early voting. We start voting for the June primary on April 23rd. I'm just, I'm almost dizzy. In my (laughs) mind, I'm like, that's almost too much of a good thing. We now are going to have Sunday voting. We never had Sunday voting before. We have Sunday voting now. It is incredible to be in Virginia. And by the way, have you looked at the slate of candidates for our statewide officers? I mean, I don't care what you look like in Virginia. I guarantee you there is somebody that looks like you running for governor, lieutenant governor, and or attorney general in not only the Democratic Party, but also the Republican
1: Party. Wow. Andrea. Yeah. Wow, uh, this You know, we're going to have to go, but I am so appreciative. I just am, and I love it when you get excited. <laughs> You're always in-depth and factual and informative and educational, but boy, when I get your dander up and you get going on one of these, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That passion. <laughs> Tell us now how, tell us exactly how we can reach out to be a part of CommonGround.org and where we find you on Facebook and social media and what we can do.
0: All right. Now, remember, Virginia is going to be having an election. We're electing a governor, a lieutenant governor, attorney general, and everybody in our House of Delegates, and the voting starts on April 23rd. Our phone banks for that are not up yet, but we hope to have them up by the end of this week. So if you go to centerforcommonground.org, there is a place that says Phone Bank Central. You can go there and there will be information about phone banking. Soon there will be information about texting and postcarding voters as well well and then in phone bank central right now we've got information on how to reach out to voters in arizona and help them fight those voter suppression laws no way it should have taken as long as it's taken for them to pass these bills that means they are scared but we are going to fight until that last vote is cast so it's enter for common ground or you can go. We run training three days a week. So if you've never done patch-through calling or our regular phone banks, we've got trainers who will hold your hand and walk you through it. And the same will be true when we get our texting up as well.
1: Excellent. All right, Andrea Miller, my good friend, I'm proud to say, my political mentor, (laughs) I chuckle only because there were, I mean, there's so much, especially uh, computer and digital work that I learned by Andrea Miller helping me and guiding me and certainly keeping me informed because whenever I have an issue that I wonder, okay, what is, how is this going and which way? And uh, I, I want the facts is the thing. I want the facts, I want the history of it. And I want to know what happens when we make a decision one way or the other. Andrea has the answer, and that's why I invite her on this show so often, because so much is happening that we are so busy and so bombarded by so many things, and a lot of it is clutter. This is the nicest way I can put it. It's mental clutter. But it's also (laughs) intentionally misinformation and out and out untrue. So you have to know and listen to someone like Andrea Miller, the Center for Common Ground and all the many organizations and women in particular who are working so hard to save us all and our privilege to vote and our country. Anyway, thank you so much, Andrea Miller, for being on the show as always.
0: Thank you, Martello. Thank you so very much.
1: We wish you all the best. You know that. okay? Yes. All right. We'll be in touch, and we'll stay in touch. And I, all I can say is uh, you're the best there is. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you again.
1: Bye now. And now from WatchfireMusic.com, vocal artist Jenny Burton singing, "Who will heal the world?" <laughs>
0: the heart, build the families. give back the dignity that's now been taken away. Send me into the valley
1: I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Lawmakers, what are you doing? Why are you here? The truth that sets us free from denial, media cons, and corporate rented politicians is in past lessons now shredded by current mind-boggling, programming blindness to our simmering seven days in May. We need to renew ourselves with the courage, problem-solving, and rational leadership of Lincoln's union preservation, FDR's New Deal, JFK's Cuban Missile Crisis, Obama's affordable health care, and Biden's facing the ill winds of Russian invasion, global pandemic, and America's domestic terrorism, aided and abetted by Republican senators. We have elected only a few great presidents and even fewer great statesmen, making it difficult to recognize the strengths of succeeding VPs to POTUS icons after unspeakable tragedy. Johnson after Lincoln, Truman after FDR, LBJ after John F. Kennedy, yet somehow most managed through war and peace to diminish our grief, and wrestle with the reins of individual responsibility that comes with global power. After the gap between Obama's economic restoration from Wall Street's too big to fail, we the people elevated the down-to-earth senior citizen, Joe Biden, hoping through him we could resurrect our civic duty, international honor, and exceptional one-person, one-vote country but remembering even daily life choices are often between the lesser of two evils, recognize 6th January 2021 as a warning shot and Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s administration as a light on our pathway to re-establishing some piece of our law-abiding, even noble, good-neighbor footing on the accelerated shifting of our political and cultural foundations. All while inheriting the moral carnage of a twice-impeached, self-serving dictator wannabe, and the third of Americans he inseminated with the biggest lie we've ever told ourselves, fomenting ever-increasing violence against our democratic republic of, by, and for us. Is it of sound mind to expect our forty-sixth president, without distracting us with any unpleasant details, interrupting our consumption of ever-present conveniences, denying our denial of any alteration in our reality, to guarantee our pursuit of happiness by strutting out onto the Truman balcony like a cuckoo clock alarm, dramatically whipping out his magic wand, chiming away the sum of all our fears? Bad days of why me? An economic roller coaster residue from Clorox toast to the Republican plan, which still exists to twist our faith, hope, and love into self-centered worshipping MAGA adversaries against our Constitution. Without our even trading and bar hopping or TV remotes for a moment of silence to receive this truth. Foundation of America, indeed its promise, needs natural born citizens to practice everything. Nationalized citizens are required to learn about America before being permitted to promise the Oath of Allegiance. With the power of knowledge found in America's good, bad, and ugly history, we gain the wisdom, confidence, and strength of character to disperse censure, dissolve our prejudices, and vanquish our hate-filled fears of being replaced. Granted, when a government agency closes a factory producing an essential product for infant survival, believing said plant product was not safe for infant consumption, it is not unreasonable for parents to anticipate a Plan B kicking in without delay. However, a president's daily briefing rarely goes beyond CIA, FBI, and Departments of State's and defense input. Truth is, Congress. Determines both budget and legal parameters of the FDA with OMB reviews. So, let's people Congress with lawmakers who care about life after birth. Similarly, no president is the czar over gasoline pumps. Gasoline prices are the direct result of international oil prices and the supply and demand for gasoline. By the way, demand is greater from those who poo-poo carpooling, public transportation, and hybrid electric cars. Supply, on the other hand, that's oil and gasoline CEOs excessing over increased profits. Inflation, us again, it helps to reacquaint ourselves with our economic past, America's World War II home front, 1970s gasoline shortages, and... The Three Attempts to Overthrow Our Government. The Civil War, The Business Plot, and 6 January 2021. Knowledge is our best protection from denying the urgency of crippling student loans, over a million American COVID deaths, climate change, the ignorance of burning books, and ever-increasing gun violence and mass shootings. Quoting now from the film Seven Days in May. All you've got to know is this. Right now, the government of the United States is sitting on top of the Washington Monument, right on the very point, tilting right and left, and ready to fall off and break up on the pavement. Unquote. Failing still to see differences between imperfect Democrats trying to save children, teachers, and parents from gun violence, and Republicans intentionally deluding both themselves and American voters with foxy misinformation and CPAC disinformation, we sacrifice Franklin's, if you can keep it, on the altar of what is past is prologue. Sins are not just what we do, but what we fail to do. There's no longer any time for the ambiguity of non-voters— no salvation in trusting Cruz, cronin mcconnell type republicans but by electing democrats we at least offer a glimmer of hope for all of god's children thank you and join us become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world